1: Welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I am Eileen. And I am Nicole. And today we are talking about more new vehicles. I mean, shocker of all shockers.
0: There's a lot of new stuff in the last week. We were all buzzing around all over the place to new vehicle debuts.
1: Yeah, I feel like we were in New York and it was like, okay, here's a whole bunch of new vehicles and then... But wait, there's more. And then it was, yeah, it was like Mm -hmm. the next week. It was, no, we've got Buick and Lincoln and Chevy and Volkswagen and Mercedes all with new vehicles that have come out, not to mention all of the overseas stuff that we're seeing happening with our friends from the World Car Jury. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on in India right now and Shanghai and just I feel like there's just a ton of new stuff, which is good,
0: right? New cars are good. We love new cars. I mean, that is a good thing. We want new cars and I'm just hoping that everybody can deliver the new cars now that they've launched them, because we're still having some supply chain issues and everything is not quite as it should be. It's getting better. But is not perfect yet. I feel like the word
1: I would use to describe that is hunky-dory, which is like from my grandmother. Like, do people Hunky say that dory. now? Do people say everything's not hunky-dory? Like, grandmas, I know we don't. Grandmas but, say grandmas that, Eileen. Just okay. grandmas. That's okay. it, just grandmas. Me and me. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Grandmas and Eileen. <laughs> so speaking of grandmas and Eileen, let's talk about two of the biggest debuts this week, which were from Lincoln and Buick. And yes. if there are not two brands that bring out the grandma on us, it is those two. But I feel like- there's these yes. two new cars that kind of breathe new life into these brands.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the Buick Vista. I flew out to Detroit to get a first look at the Invista. They took us to the GM Design Dome and they had a couple of Invistas sitting there under the spotlights, all fancy. You know what, Eileen? This car looks good.
1: It, I, it my looks... husband and I were talking about this and he listens to the podcast so he'll get to hear his own yeah. thoughts now. Um, I feel like it looks like a BMW like X4.
0: Yes. In, it has in a very...
1: very GM way.
0: But it looks very different. Like, okay, so they just did the Encore GX. They revised it. It's not really all new. It's just slightly different. Um, And that means it has a new little Buick Tri-Shield badge on there, which looks really cool. You like that badge? I like it. I I do. You don't like it? No, I think it looks stupid. I think it looks like
1: slash marks from some sort of like Edward Scissorhands, but tried to make it look old and stodgy. I don't care for it. Stop.
0: That's how I feel about it. I feel like I would love to see the like 40. Tell us what you really think. Don't hold back like that. I I really
1: want to see the like 40 designs that they were given ahead of this to like actually be like, no, this is the one. Like, how did we get from old Buick to here?
0: I would love to see it. It's Oh my gosh. I I have so many thoughts. I don't care for it at all. I like it. I don't, I actually like it. Um, Russ and I were talking. We think it looks like a bear claw. Like rawr. And then it went, I love bear a donut. Claw, I love a donut. Well, yeah. I don't like slash it literally marks. went there. Oh my gosh. It was like bear claw. And, and I'm making, making claws like marks with my hand, like in the air. But really now what I think of is pastry. I don't, I don't have a problem with an association with a car and pastry. I feel like Buick should have bear claws at the first drive event for this, or it will be a major fail. I'm going to be super disappointed. Buick people. I mean, so, so
1: speaking of major disappointment, the other disappointment for me, besides the badge on the front, which yes. there's nothing I can do about that now, I understand Correct. that. Correct. It is the new badge. Is that it? this car looks incredibly sporty. They've done a heck of a job, and yet they've given it, what, a 1.3 liter three-cylinder engine?
0: <sighs> yeah. Like, it's, it's got, what, it 50 horsepower? 36 yeah. horsepower? It's, it doesn't have the most robust performance figures when one looks at it it has um i just pulled it up 136 horsepower and 162 pound feet of yieldy torque okay so my big questions
1: there are number one is the envision small enough that like those numbers make sense i think the answer is yes because it does replace the encore which is the smallest offering in the lineup so fine i get that Two, the turbo lag on that engine is so bad. You went to the presentation. Have they talked about if they have fixed that at all? Because it is god awful.
0: There was there was no um there was no specific like hey guys we hated the engine is this one better I feel like they did lots of little tweaks and things to try to make. The, 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 <laughs> I'm reading the press release. Spirited efficiency. So I, I don't. That is a load of that's what it says um and i don't even think and actually it says expected to achieve so i think technically those horsepower and torque numbers might change um well they're not going to get much better i mean they're not going to get yeah. to like the 150 horsepower, Ooh, 700 700 horsepower. horsepower. yeah we, we we adjusted it a little bit um so hopefully that they have hopefully it tries a little bit more I, I don't know i didn't drive it i just looked at it and sat in it did i sit in it I didn't even sit in it. No, I did. I think looked at it, sat in it, walked around it, talked to people about it, got a good look at it. Um, but yeah, okay. I, what I think they, where I think they did really well. It's, but here's the thing: you aren't. Let's be realistic. You aren't buying a Buick if performance is your priority, right? It's not a performance focused brand. That is not their jam. And you're buying this one specifically. Buick is looking because they're replacing the Encore with the Invista. They're looking at it as an entry level Buick that's going to sort of give people access to a Buick, to a premium, more premium brand without having to have necessarily the deep pockets to get into the hot top of the lineup. The base trim, $23,495. That's- okay. So I will say this
1: Buick has been doing a lot better with their base trims. And they're considered yep. a premium brand, so they're doing better mm-hmm. than Chevy. Now, this is the same vehicle, I mean, ostensibly, as the Chevy Tracks, which you and I are about to go drive Correct. here in a, next right. week. Um, next week. So, like, okay, it's fine. But also, like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, does it compel anyone to go, you know what? That is a beast of a car I passed because I was going 40 miles an hour and I was blowing its doors off. No, that makes me want to go
0: buy a Buick. I don't think that's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to get. If you're that guy, you're that girl, guy, that girl, that human. No, but you look at, not, like, look at it. Like you're going to look at it, be like, oh, now I want a Buick. Like, well, like you're I, I mean, look at it and say, I. But I think you could. I think if you were looking at Buick, okay, put yourself in this mindset, Eileen. Ready? I'm okay. A mindset. Close in. your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. My eyes are closed. You okay. can see that on the camera. My eyes are closed. You're, yep. Her eyes are in fact closed. You are considering a Buick. This is the brand that you like stop that. This is that she's making faces. This is the brand that you like. You're looking at the other Buick. She's like, Oh, these are nice. I like how this looks. I like the idea of a Buick, but it's a little too steep for my blood. Wait, what's this? What's this Invista thing? This Invista looks really good. Hey, 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 I can afford the Invista. Ooh, this might just be up my alley. And then you go with the Invista. If you're looking at the Buick brand, And you're not a performance person, but you want something that looks really good, has a nice interior, gives you, you know, they have the Avenir in this. You can open your eyes now. This is, this is who that is for. Your priority is not performance. Your priority is the style, the aesthetic, the comfort, those kinds of things. Okay. So I'll give you that. But
1: I will say this. If you are on a Buick lot, you are probably on the same lot with GMCs right? Yes. Mm, I yes. feel like you're going to look at the terrain and go, Oh oh no, honey for $10,000 less or $5,000 less. I get this brand new, sexier car. And I think that's how it's going to go. I don't think it's going to be like, you're looking at the tracks. You're like, Oh, for only $5,000 more, i get a Buick." Like. I don't like, cause that's like a separate lot. Right. And as right. much as we talk about, there's still GM, there's still separate lots and people still go to car lots, looking at cars, even if you're, right. you're doing a lot of your shopping online. So like, I just, I don't. Okay. So is Buick, i mean this is a gm problem this is not Nyleen problem but is buick okay with pulling sales from gmc to like make uh, to sell lower cost cars like this know. leads, so you know buick and Vista leads me to have bigger questions about the gmc lineup but the
0: thing is but the thing is hold because the gmc person close your eyes again the gmc person imagine that's a different person than the Buick person, like Buick skews really heavily towards women. I think they said it's like the most heavily women owned brand as far as cars go. So it's very heavily women owned brand. GMC is a little bit still has that sort of like quasi luxury kind of thing going on, but it's definitely more rugged. You know, they got trucks, they got big SUVs, they can go off road, they can go here, there and everywhere making them, turning them into tanks, but still, you know what I mean. Like, and and like with the Hummer, the GMC Hummer, like these are like grr, Arg kind of vehicles. Buick is not a grr, Arg kind of brand, so I feel like it's a little bit a different person. They could steal from GMC, but I genuinely feel like it's a different human, a different individual, and that the GMC brand, because a lot of when you buy a car, the the feel of it, you know what I mean. Like, you want to buy a car that that fits your personality, what you want to show the world, you know what I mean. And I feel like the person who wants to get into a GMC is not necessarily the same person who wants to get into a buick.
1: I agree with that. I'm just saying when you're looking around the lot and you're like, Yeah, oh, these are sold literally next to each other. You know they'll be parked they like are. in the same row. They so could like be parked right next to like, each other like those are the questions I have. And those are questions, those are bigger questions, I guess, for mm-hmm. for GM. But also GM doesn't do a great job answering emails. So that's where we are with that. And they won't actually give you the truth anyway, because like, they're not going to be like, no, our sales strategy is to tank the GMC terrain. Like they're not going to do that. So, right. And that's, I'm sure that's not their strategy, but also I'm y- sure you, not. you look out for your own brand, right? So like Buick's got to do it. Buick's yeah. got to do without necessarily considering GMC, although, you know, obviously platform considerations and all that. Okay. Right, right, right. So that all aside. Yes. Putting it aside. You went, you, okay. So you went to Detroit to see Buick. Yes. You were there for how long? How many hours were you in Detroit?
0: I was there for approximately just over 24 hours. Okay, so you did spend the night. I did spend the night, yes. I came in. The other drive that you're about to talk to, the Nautilus folks did not spend the night unless they were doing that and Buick, and then some of them spent the night. But I did not go to the Ford event, so I did not see that one live and in person. Okay. So I was going to ask you, did you stay at any good hotels? Because I'm always looking for a good hotel in Detroit. All right. So it wasn't in, I say Detroit because I flew into Detroit. I stayed in um, Birmingham. There's a Birmingham, Detroit. I didn't know this until I got there, which I'm told is the Beverly Hills of Michigan. I would say say that's the
1: Beverly Hills of the metropolitan Detroit, Northern Suburbs. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's exactly. where i would go with that one I, that's what i was told it is very it's very um it's a very nice like part it, of town it, it is it a very, very nice part nice. of town yeah and we stayed in this kind of new hotel i think it's newer but it was very boutique it was called the daxton d-a-x-t-o-n Ooh, okay yeah so daxton it was a very nice hotel in fact their restaurant which we didn't eat in their formal restaurant we eat in a restaurant down the way but the restaurant at the hotel has just won some awards so it's a very she she restaurant very fancy restaurant ah, very heavily cool. regarded restaurant uh-huh. um so the restaurant the hotel, and it was a lovely hotel it's actually quite nice really lovely place so i liked the daxton my bed had um in the room it was really cool there were, you know when there's like curtains that sort of drape behind a bed sometimes they yeah. were like velvet they were velvet with this very victorian dark flowered kind of pattern it was sort of neat Okay, and
1: I have a question for you. I once stayed in a hotel in New Orleans that was like, I'm going to call it cat house themed. Did this feel cat house or was this elegant? No, no, no. no.
0: This felt, this was a little more elegant. It had the feel, the the room had the feel of like an old school study almost. You know, like it was sort of dark colors and there were some dark woods and the archway that went down the little teeny hallway between like the actual bedroom part and the front door, like because the bathroom was in between. It had like that arched archway, you know, that sort of has an old school kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, very, it was quite lovely. Yes, it was very lovely. I liked it.
1: Okay, so we're gonna talk about Lincoln next. We're gonna take a little break before we do that. I went to New York with Lincoln. Um, I didn't go to Detroit, yes. which was nice because I, I was already in New York. So they came to me. I'm gonna say that they they moved the entire operation to me for my <laughs> consideration for and comfort. Just that's for right, that's right. Yeah, that's darn right. All right. So we'll take a break. When we come back. We will talk about the new Lincoln Nautilus. We are back with segment two. This time, we're going to be talking more about the Lincoln Nautilus. We've talked about how Buick is trying to come back, kind of a resurgence. Is the Nautilus, Nicole, the car that will bring Lincoln back to prominence? What say you? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, very decisive answer. I love you. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I love
0: where you're going with this. Okay. So okay, so you haven't is, seen it in person, right? You've only seen it. I haven't. I've seen a okay. lot of pictures of it. I've seen. So like, in fact, it was where everyone was sending it. Did you see it? Did you see it? I'm like, no, I wasn't. I haven't in person. Look, 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 look. So everybody, I have a million pictures of this car. I have oh, climbed in it. Out there. I have climbed yeah. in it. So, so I have what a did slightly you think? different. When you climbed in it, what did you think? I'm honestly the lofty heights of the of the Nautilus splash. Um,
1: (laughs) I I was genuinely shocked at how surprised I was that I liked it. I felt like I was like, they've got their stuff together and it's Mm -hmm. it's components from other things. Right? It's that giant 42 inch screen. I think it's 42 inches right. from the Lincoln Zephyr, which is sold in China. So that's tried and true. Mm-hmm. That's not just like new, they hope it's going to work. It works. They've been selling it, cars with it. It's great. Right. Um, I got into it, and it's funny. I was with uh, a gentleman, and we were talking. He doesn't, I mean, he knows about cars, he's a car enthusiast, but he's not like a, an industry person like you and I are. And he got into mm-hmm. it, he goes, oh man, this feels like a Range Rover. And I was like, "Well, wow. the Lincoln people are gonna like that, like, yeah, they are." <laughs> but honestly, like, I got into it, and the the I was in the red ones. When you see photos, I was in the red one, and okay. it was plush red and comfortable, was really pretty. It was. It's yep. a really great color. The exterior, Beautiful. I think they did a great job with it. It's it's got you know it's got all those things you've got when you've got something the size of the Pathfinder. It has very Pathfinder like mm-hmm. design cues. But what I thought was really interesting is is Kamal, the head designer, he did a really good job bringing um the I'm gonna call them wings of the headlights onto other parts of the vehicle. So you have this like segmented light signature that translates into the D pillar and then also around the back, but it's in a very like seamless way. So you see this kind of design continuity. I thought that was really elegant. I also thought the front now you and I have talked about the part of the female anatomy that the Lincoln emblem, especially hovering in the middle of a grill by itself resembles yeah especially when lit up at night yeah. not a huge fan of that yeah. but the way it is executed here i think it's much better in person than it is in photos and you can really see okay. kind of like this elegance to it it doesn't look like this gaping maw of a grill um, in person it, it, it has more dimension to it so i want to give okay. them some credit on that interior you could see some places where there was cost cutting but it definitely felt like the overall thing like what, was work. what made you what made you say cost cutting like what area was there any specific thing that you went hmm you just so you got cues that this was premium, and not luxury. So you look at places like the okay. center console and you're like, OK, if this was if this was a Mercedes or if this was a BMW, you would have real wood here or you would have some with a higher quality finish or things like that. Or these these uh, buttons, these shifter buttons wouldn't look quite the way they look. It would just be a slightly different. But that's OK, because it is premium. If you're paying mm-hmm. fifty thousand dollars for this SUV, which is about what the mid level is going to be. That's, it's still fantastic for that price. I, I, I'm shocked at how much I liked it. I do think it's great. It didn't remind me of a a Land Rover, maybe a last gen Land Rover, um, not a current gen Land Rover. (laughs) Um, But I was genuinely surprised at how much I did like it and the design of it, the comfort of the seat, like sitting in the seat, you're like, like I remember everybody talks about the Lincoln town car, right? And it was like grandma's left their butt imprint in the Lincoln town car. And I felt like this is a type of seat you could get a butt imprint in. And I feel like that brings a little bit of that heritage back to it, (laughs) not just for your butt, but for the rest of you You get in, you feel like you're having a premium and elevated, elegant experience. And that's what Lincoln really always was. It was always supposed to be this brand. And I'm talking back in like the early days of Lincoln, it was this elevated consumer experience. And I feel like Mm -hmm. through technology, through design, they're elevating it beyond. And I think it's, at least as nice as a navigator on the inside probably more um yeah and i mean that's that's so not great pictures, for navigator
0: but i think yeah. it's i think well, it's then, way better than the pictures that i saw give off the same impression so it does look that way when you see it um it does have a very premium look to it, it th- that screen is just phenomenal it's incredible the red color was incredible the design like there was some attention to detail paid in this particular vehicle. And I think I I genuinely think people are going to like it. I just where I why I gave it a qualified maybe that I think it's going to revitalize or help us because I don't know, you know, it's not it's not entirely with a brand like Lincoln just about like, is the car good? It's not entirely that. Mm-hmm. It's the image of the brand. Does this change the image of the brand markedly enough to get people that are like, I'm not driving a Lincoln into a Lincoln? That's what I'm not sure of. Is it great? Yes. Does it look good? Yes. But will it get people into a Lincoln? I don't know. Would that make you go from another brand? Like, would that put it on your radar if you weren't a Lincoln type of person? So I have to say that I actually met with Diane
1: Craig, who's the new CEO of Lincoln on mm-hmm. monday afternoon before the reveal of this car and we talked about that and we talked yep. about like what are you doing to drive people to lincoln like i said what makes people want to choose lincoln like what are you doing right. to make them want to consider lincoln um because they maybe haven't been and one right. thing she talked about was really a return to service and meeting the customer where they are and she said you know we, we kind of pioneered this this concierge service Way before the pandemic, when Black Label first started, which was like 2017-ish, and they talked about that and they said, you know, it had some customers then, but during the pandemic, it took off because everybody started doing it, became more commonplace. Their customers love it. They're trying to figure out ways and pathways forward to come to the customer how they want. That means a website redesign. That means making ordering easier. That means better service at dealerships. That means coming to you if you want to test drive at home. That means you know letting you come to the dealership if you want. That means doing it all online, all of it online if you want. But really, that's the level that they want to bring to bring people into the dealership to see these cars. Yes, there's going to be sexy advertising. There's always sexy advertising, but maybe that means moving past Matthew McConaughey. Maybe that means you know bringing in a different type of customer and and elevating it using this kind of Nautilus launchpad. Now Navigator is like bread and butter for them right like they sell a lot of corsairs but they're known for navigator and i feel like nautilus with its chevy blazer sizing i'm trying to think of what else it's, it's kind of like qx 60 but only two rows like it's got that sort of yeah. like that that mid-size-ish size to it. Right. Um, It's
0: mid-size, but it's roomy. It almost feels like it could be, it's like a little
1: mid-size and. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think if it is like, if you want, like we talk about, if you want to buy a RAV4, but you want an elevated experience, you're going to go for the Venza, right? This is Mm -hmm. the same sort of thing where if you're, if you're looking at a traditional two row SUV, maybe you're looking at the Ford Edge and the Ford Explorer, and you're like, you know what? I actually just want a nicer SUV. The Lincoln Nautilus is it, or the Lincoln Aviator is it. Um, But I'm very impressed with Nautilus. I I think it was great. I, I, I was honestly surprised at how much I liked it. I will say, though, that they did have um, they have digital sense. With this, What's up with that? So they had like, ai am going to call it a huffing station, which is not probably at all what they want me to call it. <laughs> but they had a huffing station. <laughs> and so. A huffing station. So yeah, so they had like the sniffed, they had like the, the bells over the candles that smelled like, okay. So like the first one I smelled and like the guy was with me, he smelled it. And he's like, oh my God. I was like, oh, we're an Axe Body Spray Paradise. Like, and it's not oh very gosh. much paradise for the normal person. Like that was the first one. That was the, that one of the really ridiculous name, like the Horizon Azure or something like that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, someone that, sent was that me a one.
0: picture of the little sign and they all had fancy names. Yeah,
1: they're ridiculous. Um the second one I smelled and I was like, well, this reminds me of my grandma. Like it had like Ooh. some it reminded me of lavender and cashmere. Like it was this very, but like it mix that with like Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds like it was like it's like oh it didn't smell like old but I was like oh this Nana would like this like it just and then but the third one was like a cedar wood based it was it was a crisp it smelled like a fresh fresh awakening sort of thing now fresh awakening that sounds like that could have actually been the name they used it wasn't it was something else I don't know I would choose none of them but if I had to choose one it would be the fresh awakening because it felt like the most that would be like Oh, I've, you know what it is? It reminds me of those Irish spring commercials where the guys like showering (laughs) the waterfall. That's what I felt like. I was like, this would be very similar to that, but it doesn't really smell like Irish spring, (laughs) but like that vibe is what they were going for. So if you okay. want to smell like a naked man in a waterfall, have I got the Lincoln for you?
0: That's right. <laughs> I, you know, I can't honestly say I, I know what a naked man in a waterfall would smell like. So, I mean, there's still time. You're still a spring chicken. You can get out there. I know, I can can still there. find a
1: waterfall and make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's what it was. So it was that. And then I will say that they had this amazing champagne and bonbons pairing. Which like, I'm not usually, and you know, like we go to these things, we drink champagne and we leave. Like it's a thing, but they actually had bonbon pairings. And can I tell you, first of all, the champagne was amazing. What was your favorite bonbon? They had a chocolate praline. Bon Bon. That was amazing. It paired really well with this uh, champagne. And I'm going to look up the name of the champagne because it is just so good. I actually was telling a Pilates instructor about it. And like she made me text her a link to it so she could buy it. Um, she could buy the champagne? Yes. It's $90 a bottle. So keep that in mind. It's okay. Th- so it's my nice champagne. Yes. It's Ruinart. R-U-I... It's like Ruinart. R-U-I-N-A-R-T. It's Br- Blanc Art? de Blancs. Blanc de Blanc. Um, Blanc de Blanc. It was... So tasty. It was the smoothest champagne I've ever had. And I drank many glasses of it. So I can say that like it also provides like it's, it's like some champagnes you drink. You're like, OK, now I need a glass of water. This was yes. it wasn't fruit forward, but it was just a very smooth. You felt like you were tasting elegance. And I very much enjoyed oh. it. I enjoyed it's every glass s- I had of it.
0: Exclusively made from Chardonnay, the signature grape variety of the Maison. Which is interesting because I
1: actually hate Chardonnay wine. I do, I'm not an oaked fan, but I don't mind the Chardonnay grape itself. So this tasted very not oaked. Unoaked? We'll go with either un-oaked. of those.
0: Unoaked. Let's go with
1: unoaked. Okay, that like that's works that's for me. Say. Okay, so speaking of the woods and getting out there and being in the woods, Chevrolet yes. debuted a new heavy duty Silverado ZR2. Woohoo, uh-huh. right? Like, we're, woohoo. Yay, Yay trucks! Yay.
0: Okay, so doing truck things. Let's haul some mulch. I'm so sorry. okay, yeah. I it away.
1: Uh, you know what? You could go and harvest the mulch and then take it back to your house and spray it around with this truck. It is made for <laughs> off roading. It is a heavy duty. It is the equivalent of the Ford Super Duty Tremor, which they are made for doing some really reasonably dirty
0: off roading. Okay, so how much off roading do people do in Super Duty trucks?
1: So okay, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. Talk a little bit about living in the South. This is where we, come, come huddle up, folks. We're going to talk about living in the South. So in the South. Everybody <laughs> gather around. Everybody gather around. Gather around my little campfire. Where we stay in, in, <laughs> in like enclosed cabins because we don't, we don't shower. We need showers and toilets. Okay. So anyway, so huddle around. So we're going to talk about the fact that people have horse trailers. And that people need to yes. get to their campsites. People go hunting and things like that. And they need to haul things. They need to tow things. They need to possibly cut trees down and take them out. They have property. Now, where you live, people have property. They go to the mountains. They do that sort of thing. They might take their truck there. But I will say in Texas, in the South and in the West, people are more often to have trucks that solve multiple purposes. So maybe they need a super duty truck for work. they also need it for their off-roading on the weekends. And they don't maybe want to change between the two. Or they just like big trucks and they cannot lie, which is not a problem. Like, (laughs) I love a super duty truck. I have no problem with that. Do I want to look badass? Absolutely. So like a couple weeks ago, I had the Chevy Silverado AT4X. Yes. Yeah. You know, got a lift on it. Got some red accents. Got some black accents. Has the Vader chrome grill. I Fantastic. Love that. I. I Vader want
0: chrome. I love a truck that makes me feel but like I can should, grow hair on my chest. Like, it should have like a. <sighs> Kind of sound effects somewhere for Vader with the Vader Chrome. I mean, maybe bothers we get, me. when we get an
1: electric version, maybe it will.
0: But I, oh, so anyway, so we also have the instance
1: where we have commercial trucks, So super duties, as much as they are for the average person who has a horse farm or a camp or, you know, just like driving on the highway and burning <laughs> fossil fuels. The
0: a- quote, the average person who has a horse farm. Right. The average horse. <laughs> OK, farm so person. where I live, Everybody a lot has of a people horse. have
1: horse farms. OK, <laughs> it's just the way it is around here. We huddled around and talked about the South. Did we not? OK, yes, so oh, that's
0: right. Sorry, we, sorry. We huddled.
1: We huddled. Okay. <laughs> so, what I will say is that when you have this 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 truck that you could do all this off-roading in and you have a commercial business, you might work for a logging company. You might work for the DNR. You might work for these places, like mining operations is I think the number Wait, one what super what is the duty. DNR?
0: What is the Department DNR? of Natural Resources. Okay, because it also means do not resuscitate. And <laughs> I'm like, works for what? Okay, go Don't ahead. Don't you, you watch that show that they have with the cops in Maine. I, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't register all I could think. My mom is a nurse. I'm like, do not resuscitate. That can't be what she means. No. That is not what this DNR is. Okay, go ahead. We're talking to you. We're talking about commercial vehicles, the lifeblood
1: of our heartland of America. Okay. With today's I had Chevrolet. To I, had to, I had to do that. Okay. So anyway, so, so like you've got these professions that require a certain amount of prowess and they require a certain amount of, I'm going to say duty. They're able to do all of these different things. You need a stronger truck frame. You need a bigger truck to mm-hmm. do it. That's just mm-hmm. the way they are. And we can have an argument all day long about whether or not trucks are too big there are professions out there that require this level of off-roadiness, as it were. And, mm-hmm. and this ZR2 and this uh, the Ford Super Duty Tremor address that. And they address That's it in a right. way that is, I will say this, because you now have that as an option for commercial vehicles, you also have an option for customers. And I feel like commercial vehicle people luck out. Because they're like, oh, we get nice seats now. Oh, we get like connected features. <laughs> like the average commercial vehicle, <laughs> you look at it and you're like, this is a stripped down version of crap. I know. Like, that's you're like, normally what can, they are. It can you're haul. Right. It can do everything it needs to. But like, oh. But like now you get this like ZR2 and you can go off right. You can go like jump things. Like we've got a friend named Joel who was out in it before it debuted. And he was jumping things and traveling in it and almost breaking parts of it because he yes. was riding it <laughs> so hard. But like yep. it, can, it can handle all that. And that's what it's made for. So I am all in on all things off-roady truck. I love it. I absolutely I know. love it.
0: I do too. As much as I said, who needs this? I don't care. You might not even need it, but do you want it? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. That's good enough. That's good enough. I'm okay with
1: that. All right. So when we come back, we'll talk about a Volkswagen. We'll talk about whether or not we want it. And then a Mercedes Maybach, which is just ridiculous. And we'll see if you want that because you haven't seen it in person. I have. So we'll talk okay. about that when we get back. We are back. You are listening to Fast Women. Nicole, you have not seen the Volkswagen ID7 in person, but I was lucky enough to stand in the atrium of an office building in New York City on the corner.
0: (laughs) Wow, I'm really sorry that I had um, missed that in the atrium of the office, building. you made that sound super appealing. It, it was. It was just. Appealing. I will say this, and this
1: is of no reflection on Volkswagen. I blame their catering team, but they had like a, one of those pegboards that had <laughs> what, like those those rods stuck in it. They're like, oh, donuts, and you go over that? to get your donuts, and they were not donuts. They were the world's worst looking bagels that looked like they had been like shrink wrapped and shriveled for a few years. Then they brought them you back want to a life. Bagel, why would I did would not. Because no, no things on the bagel. Also, they like, had things needs- to put on the bagel, but there was no getting me to get it off the stick to eat it. Like I looked at it, and I went, "Oh no!" I felt like our friend Jeff from Kia. I felt like he would rise up and come and slap my hand away all the way from yeah. Boston.
0: Yes, he would not approve of bagels on pegs. Most definitely not. It was disapproved. They were the ugliest,
1: stupidest looking bagels I've ever seen. And
0: I'm not being. Wait a minute. And you were in New York City and they gave you ugly bagels. Yes. I feel like you have access to pretty darn fine bagels when you're in New York City.
1: I would have gone with a Lenders over. Or is it Lenders or Learners? I would have gone with one of those. Lenders are the frozen ones in the grocery store. I would have rather had one of those. Oh, gosh. They were that bad. It was that bad. They look like little turds, little sesame covered turds
0: little sesame turds that's, that's don't tell like, me it's everything fast women where we talk about sesame
1: turds <laughs> that's what i felt like so anyway so that was that was okay so i've now that i've set the tone in the atmosphere for the volkswagen okay, id7 let's, let's go let's, okay so volkswagen id7 is a uh, tesla model s it's that size it's only two inches shorter uh, electric sedan okay and it is a Volkswagen. You look at it, you're like, "There, this is a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. It's, I'm looking at it now. It's perhaps the best looking of the Volkswagen cars. I know there's a lot to choose from, but it is perhaps the best looking of the Volkswagen cars. It's the highlight here. The highlight of the entire car is that it has a smaller battery and gets more range than a Tesla Model S.
0: OK, smaller battery, but more range. How much more more range, Eileen? It's not that
1: much more. Like Is it like the,
0: smaller battery and you're going an extra 100 miles? No, it's smaller battery.
1: You're going like 30 miles. Okay. Yeah, yeah like, fine. like it's fine. That's the highlight. Okay. But guess what? We're not getting that one. No, what are we getting? We're getting the lowest common denominator here. I think it's the lowest one that Volkswagen thinks they can sell because they think they can't sell this here. And I think they
0: can't sell it here because Volkswagen's it, lost. And it's funny because, you know, it's I'm looking at the images online. I'm like, oh, let's see what this looks like. I should get a... Get a closer look. Um, and it's, speaking of not having it here, European models shown, specifications may vary. Yeah. Everything online isn't even the model we're getting. Yeah, it um, hasn't been homologated
1: yet for the U.S., which homologation is a whole process you have to go through for those who aren't yes. in the industry. It's 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 specs, it's features, it's crash testing, it's all sorts of things. But anyway, so this vehicle is primarily made for Europe and for China. I honestly don't know why the U.S. is getting it. Like, Are they going to sell 100 a month if they're lucky? Like, I really, I'm really interested to see what happens when this actually gets here in 2024, because I, I don't, yeah. I can't imagine the customer, like to me, like, look, you you see it, like you have it on your screen, Nicole, you look at it and you're like, ooh, I must now go to
0: a Volkswagen dealership and learn more.
1: It's I, special, what about I mean, that there's car? A, there's nothing
0: wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It is an attractive Volkswagen. It's an attractive vehicle, but I don't know that there's anything striking about it. This, although I'm going to give them points here. I like how they did the front end of this. You know, we talk about the front end on Mm -hmm. electric vehicles that sometimes they have this wide expanse of metal that just looks weird to the eye. They did a nice job with the front of this. They did. It doesn't look weird like a Tesla
1: front end does. Like I hate how they have like the it. It looks really good. But we did notice when we were there in person that the uh, Volkswagen logo doesn't quite make enough room for a U.S. plate. So it'll be interesting during the homologation process how they resolve that. I'm sure they've um, got it already figured out, but I'm interested to see what shade and obviously I don't have like a little like measuring tape and I'm like, oh well. It's
0: a very thin space that works for a European plate but would not work for an American plate. Yeah.
1: So that Volkswagen logo area, it's I'm very interested to see
0: happens what there
1: do. yeah so it's sorry my dog just touched my foot and i didn't know he was underneath my feet and it just scared me i was like what the is happening <laughs> yeah anyway okay so um so that's the volkswagen 97 like it's fine okay. also like can we just talk about they showed it with a white interior who uh, i feel like jerry said who are these people who is buying an all white interior like steering wheel you know, dashboards, seats, carpets. Like who who doesn't get dirty? Okay.
0: Who and wears no even... light dark colored jeans? Well, that's the thing. Every vehicle I've ever had is a press vehicle that has had a white or even just not a white, a very, very light cream interior. You know that people have worn blue jeans in it because you just sit in there with a dark pair of jeans and the blue dye gets onto the and you can see it in the seats. It's, and then if it's, even if it's like a tan, if the tan is too light over time, you see, you don't have to be someone who wears your like super dark navy blue jeans, just any kind of jean, you're going to end up with that blue on the seats. Aside from the fact that like the first time you, I don't know, fumble your coffee or your cookie or your muffin, it's on the seats and it's going to stain the seats. I am not, even without children or a husband, because you can't tell which is worse getting your car dirty. I would not be down with having a white interior in my car. That is too much pressure for me.
1: I, I can't imagine having a white interior. Mm-mm. Like I would, if I had a servant to remove my feet or not my feet, to remove my shoes every time I got in the car. I still would feel uncomfortable. Like, I would just, am I, I like, I just, I can't imagine a scenario why I'm comfortable having a white interior.
0: And I know that, I, I guess people down in the South would say they would prefer a light interior over a dark one because it gets so hot. We're in the Northeast. We tend to err on the side of we freeze most of the year. But I still think, like, you could go with a tan at least. There are plenty of, of white,
1: beige and we'll call them cappuccino and yeah. and mocha and and yes. gray and light yes. slate and all those colors yes. that work perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, all those colors down with it if you live in the south and you want a lighter interior, but this white interior no, I do like the ID7 embroidered on the back of the seats. It's not even on the headrest. It's actually on the seat, the front I like that. Yeah, it looks cool. Like, I do
1: think there are some nice features there, but also, like, yeah. why? Like, I just yeah. have so many questions, and I just, and you and I've talked about. This, I don't think Volkswagen has their shit together.
0: Yeah, it's strange. It's a strange choice to offer it just in the basest of trims. And um, when is it supposed to get here, Eileen? Did they tell you when this 2024. They 2020, got so some time even, to figure it out.
1: It'll so be here about the until same next
0: year. Yeah, it'll be here about the
1: same time as the ID buzz will finally make its way to U S shore. Finally,
0: that that'll be kind of cool to see.
1: It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I know it's still drawing eyes. Like I was at the New York auto show on two public days. I know why did I do that to myself, but I went and people were, could not get enough of that. Like, I think it's still really cool looking.
0: No, I think people are going to really like the ID buzz. That one, that one I get ID buzz. I get because that's kind of fun and quirky and sort of different and something People have wanted back the little bus thing forever and a day. Here's your modern new bus. I think this one could do really, really quite well. I agree with that.
1: I absolutely agree with that. I think it's it's one of those things that will conquest customers, but I think it's customers who are like holding on to older cars. And so they're just like trading in for new. So I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I think people have been waiting for it and they're like, no, I can hold on my Camry for another three years until I get my ID buzz. Um, I think that's where we are with that. Okay, so we're going to talk about something. I went to Portugal to test drive the Mercedes-Benz EQE. And I also mm-hmm. got a chance to see the Mercedes-Maybach EQS SUV, which I will not only pronounce by Maybach, because I Maybach. feel like that's the appropriate way to do that. Um, so I saw the EQS SUV. This is the new flagship. It is the most expensive, most powerful Mercedes you can buy, basically. And you can't buy it yet. But it debuted, and when you can't buy it, it will be all of those things. So this car is just like... You know, I talk about how Rolls Royce is like bazonkers with some of the stuff that it can do and the customizations. So, there's some mm-hmm. customizations you can get with this, but like straight out of the factory, for like, we're gonna say it's probably gonna end up being over $200,000. This thing is incredible in like the level of detail that just pulls on both history and like stylish things that you didn't even think were a thing to combine them all together. And so you've got things like on the front, you've got, you know, like the old timey Mercedes it rises up. It's got the little three point star. Like, I love that. That's still a thing. You've got this yeah. really cool grill that's got the slats in it that if you get up on it, they're actually chrome. Like you can see the physical slats behind the black glaze. that has got all the technology behind it for all the radar sensors and everything like that, but you can't see the radar sensor. So it's just this kind of black. It, it's a cool thing right below that on where you'd like normally see like fog lights there's these things and i think of it like a louis vuitton handbag it has the Maybach logo and it's like on this background that's i it's like i think it differs but i think it was on black on the example that we saw and it's just like it's like the louis vuitton purse version of that with like all the logos kind of all throughout And it's just weird and it's cool and it's different. And then you go to like the inside of the car and it's got the soft pillows. I know how you like a Mercedes soft pillow. I was just
0: looking at the pillows, the magical pillows.
1: Yeah, so it's got the Mercedes soft pillows. It does feel like it's got that giant hyper screen and it feels like you and I've talked about how in the EQS SUV, the treatments don't feel quite on par with Mercedes. This does it. But also like it makes me wish the EQS SUV had better appointments, but this does it. <laughs> so you get inside. It is just rich materials it is plush. It is comfortable. They've is got that like a cooler in the back holding champagne glasses that I'm seeing. Yes. In the photograph. Yes. And if you choose, you don't want the champagne cooler. It's removable. And you can what take goes it out. there instead. Well, it just like closes up. So you have more trunk space. So if like you need it like for you're like, oh, the kids are in the back. Well, I don't need to shell their juice boxes. They can, you know, have them frozen and then they can defrost in, you know, in the seat because that's how we do things like it's totally fine. You don't actually need it, but you can have it. They've got this really cool. So you can have a four person configuration with what they're calling. I think it's called the waterfall back side thing of it that goes through the center. It's this wood treatment that runs from like the almost the roof. So it's a hatchback. So like think of that all the way down through the center console and like connects to It's just incredible. It's these little details like that. There's a speaker next to the ears of the rear seat passenger.
0: Um, it's It's
1: not a speaker. It's a light but it looks like a speaker. Like oh, it has, okay. that sort I was going to say,
0: if it's a speaker, it yeah. lights up because in the picture it's lit,
1: but there's just all these little things you get into. You're just like, Oh, this is nice. Oh, I like this. Like it it's that you're beautiful.
0: just like, yes. And you don't
1: feel, I feel like in a Mercedes EQS SUV, it just doesn't look or feel special. It feels like, you know, like I can have a model X to be about the same thing. This feels special. I think this is a home run. And to listen to them talk about, you know, how, yes, it's more powerful, but they didn't make it so that it is like, grr, powerful. It is powerful. But they have made all the noise, vibration, harshness. They put engineering into it to make sure you still have that Maybach experience. So you'll just glide. It like Rolls Royce always says, effortless a- everywhere. And like that's what I feel like they were going for. Like they're going for this, just like oh, you will just glide upon the cloud of speed,
0: gliding on the speed cloud. It's actually a stunning interior. It Really, truly, is beautiful. That waterfall you were talking about that runs all the way from the back to the front. Wow, that's two hundred thousand dollars. Though it better be stunning. Well, that's exactly it. It just has to
1: be like, it just has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. The first time you can't get into it, right. but like, this isn't good. Um, but I feel like the Mercedes battery technology is proving itself out. I feel like they've kind of gotten over some of the humps and the lumps. I, I think that this car will be, this car will be ready to go. Like I'm, I'm very, with it. and I will say if you're looking at it in the Brown tones, they showed it to us in a deep blue, light blue contrasting sort of thing. I think Ooh. it was a deep blue. I want to say it might've been an aubergine. It was the yeah, lighting, one the lighting was very weird. Okay. The Brown one's not the good one. That blue on blue or that they showed us, is stunning. But that brown really interior good. you're looking at in the brown one, that's the interior to get. Like,
0: mixy and matchy. The like, interior is great, yeah. I mean, the brown, I'm looking at it, is it brown on brown? It looks brown on black from here, but I'm looking at it on the computer screen. It's not bad. I don't dislike it in this color, but I'd imagine the blue and blue would be gorgeous. Yeah,
1: I think people are going to go for the lighter version, but it will be sold in metallic, non-metallic, and two-tone paints. But yeah, I, okay. I was very impressed with it. I just I was just Beautiful. like, yes. I, it's cool. Like it's cool when they do things like, I mean, I would never have thought to do like that, the whatever that Louis Vuitton type of fashionable finish on the front where they've got those logos. It does.
0: Describing it like a Louis Vuitton is absolutely perfect. That's exactly what it looks like, but it's not the Louis Vuitton logo, but that's really cool. That's a really neat effect. Yeah. So anyway,
1: so that's where I sit on that. I really like it. It's really expensive, but it's very cool. And I'm really excited to drive it. Like I'm interested to see how this amount of speed. Like we've, okay. I've driven not the Maybach, but I've driven, um, the top, the S class like the top levels of that. So yeah. I want to see an EQS sedan. So I'm interested to right. see how this translates to that basically. How
0: much different is this than that in yeah. terms of performance impact? Yeah. And, yeah, and how
1: do you balance, you know, these performance AMG models with the Maybach which is the the you know the comfort and the style and the elegance
0: and give give all the performance while still keeping the fancy pantsness right right
1: like use amg for your roar but then it brings up questions like okay well then where does amg go from here because they're going all like i have questions but that is not for today not for today i will though ask you questions at the end of this (gasps) okay in our next segment all right so we will take a break we come back it will be scorecard i will quiz nicole see what she thinks um we'll be right back
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: All right, we are back with Scorecard. I'm going to ask Nicole a series of five very, very deeply personal questions about her preferences. Oh gosh. I know. Brace yourselves. Are you, are you, are you, I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay. I am ready. We talked a little bit about the Lincoln Nautilus here in the second segment of today. Would you rather have a Lincoln Nautilus? Or Range Rover Sport. Oh, uh, having Range not Rover sport. As I, I was gonna say,
0: having driven the Range Rover Sport, but knowing about its fix it yeah. history. Or yes. the Nautilus yeah. not having driven it. <laughs> knowing about its fix it history. Even even knowing its fix it history, I really liked um, I like the Range Rover sport. I just i i just like it. Like aside from this comparison, I truly genuinely like that vehicle and I would love to have one. So that would be my my choice would be Range Rover Sport. Okay, this is not on my questions, but I have to ask:
1: Range Rover Sport, that beautiful blue they have, or Nautilus, the red they have?
0: No, I still go in Range Rover Sport. Okay, I think it's a solid choice. I I would choose the exact same thing. I really like the Nautilus. I just like the Sport better. The Range Rover Sport better.
1: I hear you there. I am with you on there. All right, this is a more hard-hitting question. We drove the Range Rover Sport in Madrid, not together, but nearly together. We were yes. a couple days apart. Um, you have recently been to Detroit. Yes. You have driven around Detroit from what I've seen. Yes. Uh-huh. Would you rather, if you had to live in one place for a year, would you rather live in Detroit for a year or Madrid for a year?
0: Oh, that's a silly question. Who's going to say Detroit over Madrid? I would say Detroit.
1: What? Why would you say Detroit? Well, one, I've got a lot more friends in
0: Detroit. So like. Well, I don't, I don't uh-huh. need friends. <laughs> Forget all you automotive people. <laughs> no, I just. Well, because I would say Madrid because it's a, a more different experience. Actually, it's nothing against Detroit. It's just a chance to live in Spain for a year or a ch- an experience okay. in Spain or a chance to stay in the United States, even in a really cool place. Spain is going to win. Okay.
1: I like Madrid. I don't know if I'd want to live in Madrid. Like, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see what other cities Spain could offer me. Like, like, are we going to make a deal here? (laughs) Like, I... I, And also, I'm not talking downtown Detroit. Like, I would not want to live in downtown Detroit. To be clear, like, my
0: my year in Detroit is a very different experience. Uh, Yeah. It's, It's outside of Detroit proper, the downtown. It's actually a really lovely area of the country. People beat the heck out of that area, but it's gorgeous. Like, where I was in Birmingham was... It's like 40 minutes away. It's delightful. It is delightful, except for the fact it's gray a lot. But I grew up where it's gray a lot. So there's I that. I know. It's gray here a lot. It's gray right now. It's gray skies and it's 51. So that would make me feel right at home. Well, I spent my lunchtime in a bikini doing work oh on the patio because it is toasty wow. here.
1: So I'll tell no. you how warm it is. It's freezing cold here. <laughs> okay. So let's look at Silverado. We talk about Silverado ZR2 and Super Duty yeah. Tremor. We haven't driven either of them. There are new models Correct. of each of them. Which would you rather? So let's, okay, let me do this. You are a red blooded American male who has a hunting, fishing, camping property. You bring your friends to, and you go camping. You have to drive a little off, off the beaten path to get there but you don't necessarily drive like through rugged ruts, but it does have weather. You're on a lake. It's beautiful. There are mountains in the background. Birds call your name when you arrive and wake up in the morning. A fresh cup of coffee awaits your existence. It is just, it's beautiful. And sometimes you need to work on this property to maintain its elegance because it is your fantasy retirement destination. Do you retire with a Silverado ZR2 or an F-150? Or I'm sorry, not F-150 or a Super Duty Tremor.
0: OK, I, the super duty tremor, because you also said I'm a red blooded American man now and I bring my friends up there and the tremor looks cool. OK, I,
1: I mean, was going to say for they, different they,
0: reasons, but I, I agree <laughs> with you. I would take like this the super- cool factor. Of the tremor, I think, is just purely cool factor.
1: OK, so I would, too, would choose a super duty tremor, but I would choose it for different reasons. And that is because I think its connectivity is really cool. And so like I feel like mm-hmm. if I'm the red blooded American man, I probably work like a red blooded American man job. Like maybe I'm a construction worker. And okay. like maybe my car uses those connected features to like get me through the day. Like I Chevy doesn't have those. I don't know. Okay. That's I, I, fair. I in all my experiences as a red blooded American man can tell you uh-huh. this. That's where I'm at. <laughs> all right. So setting that aside, and just as yourself. Yes. yes. Which of these three companies has a brighter future in the United States of America? Oh, Lord. Okay, go Volkswagen, Mm -hmm. Buick Mm -hmm. or Lincoln. And I will caveat this with saying that Volkswagen's primary market is Europe and China. Uh, Buick and Lincoln also do very well in China. They're all kind of middling in the United States right now. So which one's going to do okay? What's which one, one has the brightest, the f- brightest future? Like they might all stick around. Overall, What's your brightest everywhere? future in, in the, the United States? World? No, in, in, in the, the U.S. States.
0: Yes. Where our red blooded American male lives. Gosh, Eileen, I don't know if I can answer that one. I feel like, uh, I think maybe I'd go with Lincoln. Why would you go with Lincoln? I think I might go with Lincoln because I feel like, oh, do they have a huge market in China too?
1: Yeah, Lincoln no. and Buick have a big market in China.
0: I yes. know the Buick, and, okay. I, I just feel like Lincoln is of the three. I don't feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm for Volkswagen in general, aside from the ID Buzz. Like I don't feel like it has a big brand identity right now. Lincoln and Buick both do. I feel like Lincoln has a little more sort of a cachet to it. And so I feel like it might better be able to make that transition to say, look, we're here. We're cool now. We've got neat stuff. Don't forget about Lincoln. Come back to us or consider us if you haven't. So I'm going to give it to Lincoln. I, I, have to,
1: pick? I have to agree with you. And I have to say that this is looking at where each of these three are today and knowing what's coming in the coming years. Like you and I have a better idea of what's coming in the coming years. I have mm-hmm. a lot of concerns about the General Motors Ultium platform and their lack of execution so far in mass. Like you can say the technology there. It's fine. Like the technology's yeah. but like their ability to build things and they're relying so much on that. Um, I have concerns for Buick. I have concerns for all GM brands. Like I, yeah. I, it just it is what it is. Um, so I think for that reason, because the Ford technology is more trusted, um, because yeah. they've got you know Lightning and Mustang Mach-E, and they've already you know mm-hmm. they're very public about their plans. to, You know what next generation Lightning is coming. Where they're going to be building this electric vehicles. They're built. I feel like there's more there, and I feel like because Lincoln is attached to Ford Motor Company, that they're going to benefit a lot from that. Whereas Buick is so entrenched in all of GM that Mm -hmm. they're both going to be benefiting and being hindered by some of the GM foibles. Very possible.
0: Although Um, I really do like the Buicks. I'm really, I like the Invista. I'm really pleased with that direction. I I think that, I think. It's almost like I'm like, I'm pulling for them because I'd like to see that be successful. And I think it's, um there's some great potential there and what they're trying to do, but I just feel like Lincoln might have a better chance. I don't, they both, I don't think any, either one of them is disappearing tomorrow. No, you. <laughs> no, no, no. I think of all three of them, Buick er, Volkswagen's the
1: one that's in danger of leaving. Despite the fact possibly. that possibly I, I think yeah, we've talked about this anyway. Uh, all right. So my last question, I don't, you haven't driven either of these. I have driven one of them. I don't think you've driven. one. Anyway, I will ask you anyway. Yes.
0: Okay. Would you rather
1: have a Mercedes Maybach SUV? Maybach, not yes. necessarily the one that you've seen, but like of that caliber SUV, mm-hmm. yes, or a Bentley Batega. Uh
0: oh, I think I'd do the Mercedes because of the pillows, or not because of the pillows. Partly because of the pillows, because they know how to do pillows. But I, 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 there's, I like Mercedes styling, whether it's Maybach or not Maybach. I find something, and I know Bentley is a fancy pants brand too, but I feel like there's some kind of sort of delicate finery to the mercedes brand and how they do things a very it's very modern and very forward thing but also very old school elegance that they somehow incorporate into their vehicles and i like that something about the design and the look and the textures and just the overall impressions so my choice of those would be the mercedes the my Maybach, my my all
1: right well that ends up with all my questions you have any questions for me nicole
0: no, I don't have any questions for you, Aileen.
1: All right. That wraps us today. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode of Fast Women. Bye. After-